Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Uh, Rudo, AJ, coming to you live as uh, the ads are off today. Did take place a full practice for them, though. Uh, a number of different updates for Colorado there. Uh, EJ and Darren Helm, both participants, full practice with the team. Uh, not too surprising on the other side. No Evan Rodriguez, no Kale McCarr at practice. McCarr might be good to go tomorrow. Maybe not. Maybe just a maintenance day. Not sure. Erod, that seems a whole lot less likely for at this point. We'll get you updates on some of those injuries more as they come through with uh, Megan down at the brink talking to Bednar here shortly. For the guys that are coming back, let me ask you this question first, AJ. Who's more important to get back for the Avs, EJ or Helm? EJ. Okay. Ooh, in light of the Erod injury. Yeah, it changes the math a little bit, doesn't it? Maybe Helm. <laughs> I I think it was pretty cut, clear cut EJ before that, for sure. Um, yeah. Your bottom pairing was Curtis McDermott and Brad Hunt last night, and while that pairing worked great, uh long term that's not really a solution for the playoffs worked great against chicago <laughs> you won't be seeing chicago in the playoffs so yeah gotta do a little bit of math there uh, i'm i'm you know what actually i'm not a hundred percent sure on your answer to this one do you do you sit brad hunt or do you sit mcdermott for ej uh brad hunt yeah you're still you're still sticking with brad hunt on that one Mm-hmm. Okay. I will say, uh, right after uh, that that uh, save that Georgiev made last night on a thing I see you, mm-hmm. did you see who broke that cut broke down on that coverage? Was it Brad Hunt? It was McDermott. Well, uh, well, and it was bad. Like, yeah, he picked him up like visually, and then he tried to turn around to try and skate with him, and he stumbled and completely lost it, and it was just like. Oh no. <sighs> but whatever. I mean, you know, you know what you're getting with both guys at this point. Uh, and for me, that like little drip of potential offense from Brad Hunt is I guess for me just not worth what he gives you what what he gives up defensively. So I'm fine with that mechanically. My question is, what does EJ actually improve directly for the Colorado Avalanche when he returns to the lineup? Because we've seen Avs PK has been pretty darn good right now. Um, I don't know how much EJ really makes them better over this certain stretch. I get over a long run. That's a little bit different. But where does EJ drop in and immediately make them better? Well, I think I think. where you look at the current defense, um, the one thing that you really don't have much of is physicality. Um, You know, even though Manson too, yeah. You know, Jack Johnson and and with Curtis McDermott in there, you at least have like the concept of it. The threat of it potentially, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, But with EJ, you have a guy that creates... Uh, if you actually go through his underlying numbers this year, he did a pretty decent job generating offensive chances uh, and did a pretty terrible job at converting those chances into points. So, yeah, uh, but all, but also like EJ, EJ has also been uh, here. I'll move out of the corner so you can put the cool logo up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> EJ, EJ also was playing all of his games where the abs were struggling to generate offense. And now that their, their offense has kind of settled into a rhythm and, you know, the big thing was, was that they got, for me, it's not even so much their forward core. It's their defense is healthy uh, with those four guys with, with McCarr, with Taves, with Byram, with Gerard. If all those guys are healthy, uh, Eric Johnson just makes them a little bit better in all of the ways. He brings that physicality. He brings that size. He brings shot blocking. He brings that kind of veteran steady presence. He brings like a a, a solid puck moving presence on a bottom pairing. 
like it's it's really like we we look at Eric Johnson now and we're like, wow, he's really lost a lot of mobility, and you know, we 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 view him relative to the guy that we knew long ago, and we see you know kind of a compromised version of him. But if you go around and you look at third pairings all across the league, and if this is assuming he's going to be on a third pairing, if he's on if he's on your third pairing, and he's next to one of you know not Josh Manson, please, one of one of Bowen Byram or Sam Gerrard, someone who moves pucks well. Yeah. Your third pairing is really, really, really good, yeah. and that's that's obviously the kind of like that's the Avs roster working as intended as they have built it. As we have not seen it this year, so it's, I, it, yeah. you know, where EJ comes in, like it's not it for me. It is not an unimportant injury. It's uh, it's much more about raising the floor than the ceiling, right? When exactly. It comes to EJ getting back in. Well, and when we've talked this year, uh, you know, Colorado's high end maybe hasn't been quite as high end as it was last year, but when the Avs are on their A game, they blow teams out, just like they did last season. But when they're on their C game, they get bodied a lot easier than they did last year. And when you talk about raising the floor, that's what you're trying to limit. You're trying to say, hey, if our star guys are not going to play very well in this game, this isn't going to go very well. You know, he has a higher uh, he has a higher level of bad game than Brad Hunt and Curtis McDermott and Jack Johnson. All three sure. of those guys, like pick one and eric johnson is better than them yep i don't think that's particularly up for debate for sure um so i am curious to see look we are in the crunch time of the season can ej find any of that level of offense that he used to have no you're just you're just living without it yeah i'm not asking for it man if it happens great like you'll obviously take that you'll love that of it's course, the same as course. when you know josh manson was on something like a 37 point pace or something at one point this year like he has been rock solid in terms of giving you some of that production uh but but not at a sacrifice of what he actually is there to do it's just in addition to and with ej you're just like hey look if i'm if i'm not going to get very many points out of EJ, um, that's fine because everything else that I'm getting is still better than what I'm getting with Jack Johnson, for yeah, example. I, I and uh, agree. <laughs> I don't. For the record, once again, just like last year, I don't really have a problem with Jack Johnson. I think he has yeah. been completely fine in the role he's been in. He's giving you exactly what you would expect out of what is with a healthy roster a number seven. So hard to complain about that for sure. It we we do have to move back to the forward core though. Uh Darren Helm jumping in, it does help. If you have something specific on him, you can mention it. I think we've kind of already talked about him quite a bit. Uh, yeah. it, getting what you and I maybe wanted in the worst way possible with Alex Newhook getting reps on the second line today at practice. Obviously, don't love the Erod injury, but yeah, it's not how you want to get there, for sure. And is this lineup capable of just smoothing the icing over here? Can they continue trucking the way they have without Evan Rodriguez in the top six? I think with New Hook, the answer is yes. But you okay. would feel so much better about with New Hook. And then Darren Helm on your fourth line replacing him, you would feel a lot better about the overall constitution of your roster. Like, yeah, it, because I think I think Newhook can replace kind of the play style, the energy, the skating, the speed, the things that Erod has been doing well. <laughs> I think he can do it. Uh, can he keep up with the production? That that's a like the biggest question. Um, he also has to stop taking penalties. To be honest with you, he's um, taking a few too many for sure. He's been a little too penalty prone this season, um, so he's got to not do that. And then 
if you if you can get Darren Helm back into your fourth line, then you feel like, hey, you feel pretty good about that. Yep. It, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you're talking Obviously. about you're going you're going from like it, it's it's weird because we've talked a lot over the last few weeks about how Dennis Mulgan and Alex Newell both are guys who are kind of miscast a little bit in bottom six roles. And yet given finding how they ways play to the game. produce anyway. Yeah. And now they're both in your top six and like you're not happy about it because that, you know, Lekkonen and Rodriguez going out is like, that's bad. Yep. And we don't know the extent of the Rodriguez injury. We don't, I mean, for all we know, the guy can play tomorrow. It doesn't, it sure doesn't look like it, but. If he plays tomorrow, I'm assuming we'll find out in the interview in a couple minutes here, but not right. expecting that answer. Yeah. yeah, definitely not like planning for that, but it's, it's definitely uh, like an interesting, like we're going to get to see those guys next to skill players where we've said, hey, like we want to see this. Morgan Morgan looks like he's going to play next to the top guys. Newhook's going to play next to Comfer and Nuke. Cool. It, you leave that obviously. third line alone. That line is working. You're not yeah. good. <laughs> you're you're not touching Lars Eller right now for sure. Yeah, you're leaving that trio B, and then you know your fourth line. Uh, you know Alex Galchenyuk had a great game last night. We didn't really talk about it much in the post game, I don't believe, but Alex Galchenyuk was really really good last night. He was. Uh, brought that offense. Didn't finish one, but had multiple yeah. very good chances. Eight shot attempts, five on goal, and at least two of them were really good chances. And uh, Matt Nieto was really good last night. So if you get Darren Helm back just in time, like you can, you can pretty easily feel like we could survive this. Yeah, like it... this is we could survive this. And then and then you do look at it where you're like, okay, if you keep winning games with this lineup. And you are able to get a little bit of health uh, down the street. You know, right. Rodriguez How comes good back. How do you feel when those like, guys get healthy? Yeah. Right. You definitely have some positives there. And, and again, option A1 here is Erod gets healthy as soon as possible. But yep. maybe not the worst look in the world to give Newhook five to ten games up on this second line. See if yep. he can find something there. Let's, well, and like, let's let's see. You know, he's going to Pittsburgh will be its own kind of challenge. Yeah, uh, a desperate hockey team, but one that's on a losing streak right now, and whose playoff chances look like they're actively slipping away. Yeah, like they're kind of down bad right now. You don't want to be their launch pad back to back to living life large. But you know, we'll 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 see what we'll we'll see how it goes. And good way to put it. Uh, but with New Hook, like, yeah, you will get him an opportunity in your top six where we've talked about it. You didn't want it to happen like this. You wanted it to be given. But, Definitely. Uh, you know, you, you wanted it to be like a thing that was earned, I'm saying, uh, where he just played his way into it. And they were like, we've got to do this. But yep. if he goes up there and he has he has a really productive uh, couple of weeks there. It could create a pretty interesting. You have conversation. a conversation, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it creates an interesting conversation about maybe, maybe you find a spot for him. The same thing that we're talking about with Dennis Morgan right now. If Dennis Morgan keeps producing in your top six, you're not in a hurry to take him out of that. Yep. Uh, we have a comment from A Wolf here who says, "Obviously, I want Galchenyuk to succeed here, but can he be serviceable if he sticks around for a while?" Uh, that is the question. Yeah. <laughs> That's the... How much money he making this year? It's, it's basically league minimum, right? Seven fifty. That's yeah. a $750,000 question, right? <laughs> Not quite the million-dollar question, but close. It's... I mean, if you're asking me personally, there are too many shortcomings on the defensive side for him to overcome all of them. Can he get it to a passable level? Maybe. Not going to doubt the guy to, to figure it out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, come playoff round one, assuming health, I just don't see how you have that guy in your lineup. But it's tough. So uh, the Bednar update 
start yep. that Evan Rodriguez is in protocol. Even though they said it wasn't a concussion yesterday. but Well, okay. they said he wasn't in protocol last night. He's in protocol today. Sure. So frustrating. Yep. It's so frustrating because it's a headshot on a play that yep. was not penalized, and there's no conversation about today. Yep. I'm just tired. Of, I'm tired of guys getting hit in the head in the NHL. No, no consequences at all. In fact, at the end of that shift, it was Erod who took a penalty. Yeah. Erod gets called for a hip check after getting hit in the head. It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's a mess. We've we've talked about it before. We want significantly harsher penalties for headshots in the NHL. Yep. But if you're if you're serious about removing them, then remove them. You can. You could do it overnight <laughs> if you decided you wanted them to never happen again or never. It'd be extremely rare for them to happen if you started punishing them with five plus game suspensions. Put it that mm-hmm. way. They'd still happen occasionally. There would be. Uh, you'd see just so much less of them, though. There'd be so much more care taken by hitters to to not do these things. Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's disappointing, man. Whole thing is disappointing and frustrating. So it sucks because that that puts you with the big question mark of a timeline. Yep. You were hoping it was like a shoulder injury. Yeah, with again with concussions, he could be good to go Friday against Arizona, or we could not see him for the rest of the season. Just no idea. Really suck. It's there's just been so many of them this year for Colorado too. Yeah, and you know it's been everything this year, man. Yep. The the numbers just keep piling up, Uh, which. In the immediate, does lead into this Galchenyuk conversation. Uh, comment from Teddy Bear here, who says, "Would a line with Chucky Helm and Nieto find some sort of balance of offense and defense? Could you see that succeeding in any way?" It, God, that's really hard because you're talking like the reality here with Alex Galchenyuk is the same as it has always been since he signed the PTO with the Avs last summer. Yep. The reality is is that he is a guy who has some real talent with the puck. Yep. Some real shooting talent, some playmaking, uh, but has been a brutally bad defensive player in his career. Did 33 AHL games with the Eagles fix all of that? No. It's really, 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 really tough. So, you really, you're, you're talking about a tiger trying to change the stripes, right? Leopard changing his spots, whatever that saying is. Uh, it's 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 a really tough it's a really tough task for him. So they they just don't. I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to give it a go. And a game like last night, Alex Galchenyuk absolutely deserves credit for, but it's also yeah. Chicago. Yeah, and it's like. You want to see you want to see what he does. Yeah, you want to see sure. how he looks. You want to see. I mean, he hey, use this as an opportunity, because if Alex Galchenyuk can be a decent bottom six guy for you, like the reality is, is that next year you need cheap guys that can play for you, that can produce, that can handle, that can that are that can play in your system, that can do whatever. And this is a free audition for him. This so is, this is an opportunity for him to audition for the ABS for other NHL teams. This is this this could be make or break career time for Alex Galchenyuk. I agree with that. The one thing I would say to temper expectations, especially about a potential long-term role for him, it's really really hard to be a bottom six player in the NHL and not play any special teams. And I think you're closer to having the conversation about Galchenyuk playing on PP two than you are on the penalty kill. Easily, and when you're healthy, you don't need more PK guys. You don't, don't need really him doing need that. PP guys either. You, I mean, he's. You could you could set him up for a, a second power play unit. You could if you wanted to work around it that way. Like if you have all of your forward core healthy. It's just uh, very hard to answer that question until the off season, and we see 
who stays and who goes with Colorado, what decisions they decide to make. Right, but this where where Galchenyuk is right now is in the lineup. Sure. <clears throat> and now it doesn't look like he's going to be leaving it right away. At least not anytime soon, yeah. So this is his audition. He gets a chance during the most important time of the year yep. to prove that to prove that he is an NHL caliber guy again. Yep. Um do want to talk about that time of the year here in a little bit, but in the immediate we are brought to you by the amazing people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code TNVR when you sign up for a new account. You get amazing odds boosts every single day with DraftKings. Right now, when you sign up, you bet $5, you get $200 in free bets with that DNVR code. So make sure you're jumping on it and getting in there to just have some money to mess around with on DraftKings, whether it's uh, betting on Nico to score every single night so he can get to not just 50, but maybe 55. Who's to say? See how high Miko can go. Maybe McKinnon to get to 100 points on that side of the abs. Uh, if not betting on the abs is your thing, you can bet on the Nuggets. You can bet on all of the drafts coming up, whether it be the NFL, the NHL. You can even bet on uh, the NBA draft. Uh, would not bet on the Rapids right now, but you can bet against the Rapids and, and make a lot of money right now if soccer is more your thing. Plenty of options over at DraftKings to go in and make yourself a good chunk of change. So go check them out. Use the DNVR code. You must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. You can see the show notes down below for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And all of that is void in Ohio. Uh, also brought to you by the amazing people over at Illegal Pete's. If you haven't been down there, I, I got it on record that the, the entire DNVR crew got Illegal Pete's delivered to the bar today. So mm-hmm. they're eating good for lunch, having the good stuff. Uh, I wish I could go get some and uh, have a have a nice burrito, but not today, unfortunately. I'll have to go get it next time I'm down there. There's a location just a couple of blocks from the bar. Ten different locations here in Colorado in total. They have happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. every day. And for all of March, they are donating a portion of the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds uh, every single time any vodka is purchased at one of their stores. So go over there. Go to Legal Pete's. Have a good time. Get yourself some vodka. Go help out Colorado children by getting your drink on with Illegal Pete's and then come to the bar afterward to have a good time with us. Watch the Mavs hockey. You know how it works. Uh, there's also a location in Arizona, by the way. So no excuses. If you're in Arizona, you should be going to Illegal Pete's too. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We do have a $5 super chat up here from Pin King who says thoughts on the SDHL skate blade incident. Uh, I did not know that this was a thing until you commented it. So I looked it up. Uh, Obviously, always terrifying when someone's neck gets cut by a skate blade. Um, Never a fun thing. It sounds like she's relatively stable and okay at the hospital. So that's good news. Uh, Unfortunately, when you play a game that is requires you to stand on knives things happen sometimes um well and you know i mean we always talk about like you were always surprised things like this don't happen a little more often more often for sure you know what was it the there was a game last week that the abs were in yeah where's was well i forget who it was but yeah someone nearly had themselves cut yeah and got like almost like kicked in the face while they yeah. were like falling yeah it I, I think it was erod's skate but i forget who it yeah. was that nearly took it um anyway yeah that stuff's always super scary and un- unfortunately unlike headshots something that i just don't really know how you take it on the, out of the sport. I guess, okay, so in, in Canadian juniors, that they force them to wear the collar oh, guard. Cider. Yeah, it was cider. You're right. Um, do you think there would be any any movement for that in the NHL to wear the, the neck guard that the kids wear? I mean, I think there should be. Sure. It's just a super easy, tiny little piece that takes two seconds to put on that would prevent that, basically. So... I mean, the, uh, you know, they started making those skate guards for 
guys when they block shots. Yeah, yeah. To try and help prevent broken feet. And, like, players hated him. Yeah. It, uh, well, And then they adjusted. It, one, they adjusted. Two, it's a little bit of different territory. Like, you would see those skate guards regularly, like, explode off of their skates when they blocked a shot with them. That wouldn't really happen with the neck guard thing, right? But yeah, so of, yeah, of players obviously players push back against everything. Yeah, players also didn't want to wear helmets or have visors on their helmets. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> things that are now pretty well accepted as standard safety stuff. Yeah, like I do you remember. The visor thing. Yeah. That, like, it was like a testament to, like, your manhood. Like, I, so I remember this mic'd up of Joe Thornton after the, like, it'd been a couple of years, and he takes a puck to the face, goes back down the tunnel. He comes back out and is like, ah, it's everything super blurry. I can't see anything. But he keeps playing, and he's like, yeah, these stupid visor kids said they don't know. And it's like, you yeah. literally can't see right now. Like, right. <laughs> I I just I don't understand it, but you know, some of that mentality is definitely part of what it takes to be an elite athlete, I guess. Um anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh yeah, I didn't I, I haven't seen the incident, honestly. I'm glad I haven't. Yeah. It's always scary stuff. Um, uh, the other news of the day, which we're the wrong two people ask this Dude, question again, uh, about this at all. Yeah. When, when Jesse's around maybe, or we'll have blaze on or something. Yeah. Uh, but fanatics going to become the official Jersey maker of the NHL. AJ and I just aren't really Jersey people. It's not going to yeah. change our lives very much. I don't, I don't buy jerseys, So I have no thoughts on this. Uh, I have no thoughts on this at all. Everybody seems mad about it, and that would matter a lot more to me if people weren't mad about pretty much everything all the time. I uh, I will say major I change. I know historically fanatics have made pretty low quality stuff. Yeah, I I'm gonna go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt that the jerseys they make for the players on the ice will be fine quality. Uh, we'll see what they make for the fans. Yeah. This is the thing. Uh, the people, people, the the people that follow this type of stuff are really upset today. Yep. But so. we're just not those people. <laughs> yeah, that's straight up. Like we're just, like we're two dudes that just don't. We don't care about that stuff, and so the story doesn't mean a lot to us. Um, it's not anything deeper than that for us. If like if you guys are. <laughs> You guys are telling us that they're bad. I'm totally willing to believe you and just be like, okay, that sucks. Then it's a it's a bummer. The NHL decided to do that. Uh, I, yeah, I, on a personal level, excuse me, I just don't care. Just do not care. I do yeah. think it's crazy that the NHL signs a ten year deal. That is crazy to me. Yes. I, and, you know, the, the financial side of it might make sense. But we've seen pretty regularly the NHL sign these really long deals with things outside of the actual hockey being played and then regret it. So uh, the last jersey that I bought was. I think what which year was the last year of the Uniprints with the C on the shoulder? Dude, I don't know. Like twenty was that twenty fifteen? Twenty was it the terrible year? Maybe. This is stuff that I just don't. Yeah, it, it's been well over half a decade since I bought a jersey. So. Yeah. So like, yeah, I've I've purchased jerseys in my life, uh, but it's been a long, long time. Yeah. I just didn't have, I didn't make enough money for that shit. Is what it is. Um, AJ, you posted a little graphic on Twitter. I found it super interesting. 
some of the best points percentages by team around the league since February 1st, since crunch time, if you want to call it that, the playoff push, as it were. And uh, look, teams were a little bit all over the place. You had some of the expected teams up at the top, like a Boston. You also have an L.A. team throwing up an 800 points percentage mm-hmm. down in the in the Pacific Division. I mean, first of all, we can start there. I know you you have not been a huge believer in L.A. No, but they're playing great hockey right now. And, like, it's not even just, like, if you just look at their results. You look at how they're winning games. They're doing it comfortably yeah. night in and night out. Um, their scoring their scoring has exploded. And they've the, the Corpus Allo deal has worked. They've gotten some consistency back there. Sometimes you get them right. Yeah, uh, and they are, I mean, you look at what has it gotten them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because right now they are tied with Vegas for first in the West. Yep. It's, when you look at the standings, for as well as the Kings have played, 8-0-2 in their last 10, uh, Vegas is 8-2. and so they picked up two points in yeah. their last 10 games on Vegas. Yeah. It's... Well, go, that's a good example of, uh, of what we've talked about a lot in the past of how it's hard to chase down good teams. Yep. But when you're talking about like the bottom of the standings uh, and, and like that, the kind of like that middle area, the it allows of the world. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of moving and shaking that can happen across 10, 15, 20 games. Um, because the teams get hot, teams go through stretches. You know, we always talk about teams like they like in absolutes. You know, the yeah, the you know, oh, they've got this. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be oh, they're gonna make it. They're gonna whatever. Like, but you just never know for sure. Like, yeah. Winnipeg has eleven games left, has a four point lead on Calgary, and I have no confidence in either of those teams <laughs> to get anything done. Yeah, yeah, the last ten. Four four and two for Calgary. Four five and one for Winnipeg. Uh, Nashville is is five points back with a bunch of games in hand. They're five three and two. So it's like none of those teams are going out and getting it right now. Yeah. Are yeah. None of those none of those teams are doing it. It's. I I do find it very interesting. Honestly, there are not. Even you look at the top of the East, and there are not that many teams doing what the top of the West is doing. You have a bunch of teams that are going seven or eight wins plus some OT stuff in there. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the top six teams in the West right now, every single one of them in the last 10 games has won at least seven games. Yep. It's for the division that has been the weaker division this entire season. It's uh, it's claw tooth and nail time for the Western Conference at this point, rather. Yeah, and you know the Avs are the Avs have a game in hand on both Dallas and Minnesota, and are tied are tied with the Wild and are one point back of the Stars. And both of those teams do play tonight, yep. so the, so the Avs will go back to two games in hand by the end of the night and could be in the exact same position standings wise. We'll see how it goes. You know, we'll see how it plays out, but. <clears throat> Yeah, they it, could it, they could be playing for the division lead tomorrow night when Pittsburgh gets here. It's definitely possible. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can crack yourself open an Avalanche Amber Ale the next time Ooh. the Avs play. You know, I'm a huge fan of it. It's my personal favorite beer. But if that's not for you, they've got all sorts of good beers. Look, it's the springtime. Might be starting to drift into strawberry sky territory. Starting to make a little more sense as a, as a nice light beer. That's not your thing. If you're still trying to get through the cold days, you can get yourself a vanilla porter. Uh, dozens of other flavors for you from Breckenridge Brewery. And they're all just bangers. They have a flavor for everyone. So go check them out. Go to breckbrew.com. Use their Breck Beer Locator online to find it near you. They are in liquor stores in all 50 United States. So go check them out. Uh, And then if you have been injured in a car accident or a ride share incident or at work or at home because someone forgot to shovel their driveways, uh, 
you, and you're not at fault, to be clear. You're... I love that you're going to war with your neighbor in the most <laughs> passive-aggressive way imaginable. And I, on a show like he does not watch. Yeah, will exactly. never. <laughs> you're airing your grievances in a space that that person will never come across. <laughs> But you can press two for a while. Call two 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 today to get Bacchus and Shanker on the line. You can get a free consultation. If they think you have a case, they will take it on for completely free. You pay nothing until you win your case here. Uh, so if you're injured and you deserve something, make sure you get a hold of these guys. Uh, they've been doing it for 25 years in Colorado. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. It's it's automatic for these guys at this point so go check them out you go to coloradolaw.net or push the two button for a while to get a hold of Bacchus and Shanker and get what you deserve lastly we're brought to you by game time if there's a link down in the description which you can click it's been used by over 15 million people to get their tickets you can get prices up to 60 percent off so it's a fantastic deal no matter where you look whether it's at ball arena or if you're not from colorado you can get your local arena tickets or non-local maybe you're planning a trip somewhere you can get your tickets through game time no matter what sport no matter where it is they've got you covered with fantastic deals and they even have all the amenities you can see where your seats are you can make sure you have a good view of the playing surface so go check them out use the link down in the description that helps us out a little bit with game time Third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So let me let me ask you this. With a Do team it. like LA, with the teams that are playing very, very well right now, that also includes pretty much all of the top of the Pacific, Edmonton, Vegas. Is there any concern that they're peaking too early, or is this peaking at just the right time? Who? Any Say of LA. them? Yeah. Um, fine. No, no, not really. Um, I think I think this is just teams getting geared up for the postseason. And okay. um, what's what's unique about this year is that if you take a day off, if you get beat by somebody, especially because the end of the year largely features intra-conference play. Yeah. It's west on west for the most part to end the season. Uh, east on east, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. If you take, if if you get beat, if you if you have a two game losing streak, uh, L A L A could go from being tied with Vegas at the top atop the Pacific yep. Division to to third place in that division. Yeah. yeah, you know they go from hey we're number we're we're tied for the conference lead right now, we could be the one seed throughout throughout the entire postseason to we are now not even hosting our first round series. Yep. You know, Seattle has fallen far enough back that the threat of falling into that wild card spot is not looking likely. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely. Boy, I tell you, wouldn't it suck if Seattle choked this away? They got games in hand, man. They really should. I understand. Like they they would have it would it would take a lot. Yeah. Uh, and neither Winnipeg, Calgary, Nat, like none of those teams are playing well enough. To, to feel to like really threaten it, yeah. Well, to, to have confidence that they could usurp that position, but sure. it would really suck because, like, Seattle was neck and neck with LA, Vegas, Edmonton, like, most of this season. And it would really suck if they just ran out of gas at the end because I'm like, I'm excited for them to get in. Yeah, I, I'm it's always fun to see the new kid on the block for sure. A little selfishly here, I'm kind of excited for them to be one of those wild card teams because if the Avs win that Central Division, and you get playoff Philip Grubauer to dunk on, not just playoff <laughs> Philip Grubauer, but the Avs get the crack in, and I think that that's a that's a good first round series. Yeah. That's would be a good series. It would be a tough test. It would it would be fun, and the Avs would probably win in five games. Yeah. Um. And the reason for my confidence in that is that. Uh, Seattle's exposure to the Avalanche this year has been one a game decimated right, at, right at the start of the year, <laughs> where where they were, in, or in I think November, where their lineup was like unrecognizable, yep. and then the other two games are the Avs on Sega Babas while Seattle's not. Yep. And so it would be, I think it would be fun to see, to see 
full power abs versus exactly that team. Yeah. like a full power abs going head to head against Grubauer in the postseason or Martin Jones in the postseason. Either way, that's a guy. That's a guy that they would like some revenge on. Um, you know, Gruby for throwing away the Vegas series the way that he did, and Martin Jones for the San Jose series a few years ago. Well, that would be fun it, for me. I, I'm here for it. Um, I, it is worth noting. I you kind of mentioned it there with um the Pacific Division specifically playing interconference and interdivisional games. Part of the reason the Pacific might look so good is oh, they get a lot of games against San Jose, against Anaheim, against Vancouver against the Calgary team that has not been playing well. Yeah. Math adds up pretty quick that they're picking up some easy W's there. Yeah. When you're, when, when your division has, uh, two of the bottom four teams, you're playing them constantly. Yep. You know, um, it's a Sega Baba because it's the second half of a back-to-back. Second game. That's where Sorry. the Sega yeah. comes in. Yeah. I always I always mess that up. But yeah, it's the second game of a back-to-back. Yep. Don't blame us. Blame the NBA. Yeah. All right. We just thought it was cool. I straight up just started using it because I was like, this is the coolest phrase I've ever heard. It's also like a very succinct way to phrase a very complicated situation. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and like, it's just, it's just very wordy to have yep. to constantly say, oh, it's the second half of back-to-back, second half of back-to-back. It, it's just Sega Baba. Yep. Jesse can hate it all he wants, but it makes life a lot easier. Would he rather call it back-to-back part two? I don't, man, I don't. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, yeah, so the... You know, we're you're. I, I don't think I don't think any of these teams are peaking right okay. now. I think that they're all just in a really competitive environment where everybody's playing for seeding. Whereas you look at kind of the swoon that Tampa Bay has had a little bit, and Carolina not playing their best hockey as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, in in New Jersey, same thing. Five wins yep. in their last ten. Yep. Like some of these teams are. Hey, we're definitely in the playoffs. We're pretty entrenched. We may or may not be fighting for uh, number oh one here. Yeah. Like you know, you know that none of these teams, those none of those teams out out east are fighting for the top seed. For sure. It's uh, yeah. I mean, Boston has had that locked up for months, but. But right. But like Tampa Bay, kind of, kind of had had the swoon where. They were four back of Toronto, yep. And like now they're all of three back, uh, <laughs> but Toronto has games in hand and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I it is interesting. The top six teams in the East have been in these spots that they're in for a while, for sure, for weeks. So you are talking like you are talking like there. There just hasn't been a lot of change. It's just been a lot of like, all right. We kind of know our station in life, and let's let's go do this thing. You know, Carolina, New Jersey is interesting. Carolina losing Svetch for the rest of the year, uh, and probably a pretty good portion of next year as well. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Kind of kind of opens the door for hey, you know the the bottom of the East is sort of fallen apart as the year has gone on. Uh, Washington and Pittsburgh have gone away. The wrong direction. The Isles have kind of just kept clinging to that one spot. And then, yeah, it's the Isles. Florida has played their way back in. Like, yeah. And, and Florida got, has gotten hot and started scoring like crazy. Uh, the Isles, Ilya Sorokin was just like, I'm done giving up goals. <laughs> it's a good way to make the playoffs. Like he was just like, nah, we're getting into this postseason because I'm just not, I'm just not gonna continue to we get scored on. Sorry, <laughs> and it's it's crazy because <laughs> the Isles have had a ton of injury issues. Yep. In the last couple of weeks, so and and Matt Barzell doesn't even he's not even skating. Yeah, that doesn't even count. Yeah, he's been out for a while. So, you know, they are in, they're in a fascinating position. And right now, Bo Horvat thing looks like it's totally worth, right? I guess. <laughs> the goal was to make the playoffs. So, well, in that regard, then yeah. 
they still have to do it. Obviously, if they miss, um, it's a big letdown. But are we really looking at an Eastern Conference field with no Sidney Crosby and no Alex Ovechkin? If the Avs beat Pittsburgh tomorrow, it would certainly trend that way. I mean, it is anyway. They've lost four in a row. I hear you, but, you know, they're still certainly within striking distance of Florida and New York. Yeah, they're in it. Games, like, the math is all still there for them. It's all still very possible, but they just, they've got to play a lot better than they have. Oh, for sure. It's that time of year, man, where every night there's good games to watch. It is. We were talking before the show, like, it's actually scoreboard watching time around the league. Yeah. you look I've, I've never liked and they're all interesting. The scoreboard watching when you're at like game 50, 60, where you're just like, there are still like these teams still have 40 points available to them. Like so much can still happen over the next few weeks. Like it's still a little early. Once you start get, to get into the last 12 games of the season, 20 ish points left. then it's like, yeah, all right. Exactly. Where you're like, uh, so let's, let's use the abs as, as an example. They have 13 games left. All right, they've got 26 points left. Let's just assume they do something crazy and they win all. That's a 114-point season max for them right yep. now. Yeah, They have a 114-point season. That's as good as it can get for them right now. Yep. How many do they need to finish to, to win the Central Division? 20 of them. Well... Dude, I mean, how many points do they? How many? How many points is the Central Division lead are going to need at the end of the year? One hundred five, one hundred six. Yeah, I, I'll say eighteen would get them to one hundred and six. So they because gotta, when yeah. we when we came out of the All Star break and we started talking about twenty five wins, that number was all about getting them to one hundred and seven points. So literally right in that range. So. You know, and okay, so let's say a wolf says 109. All right, so that'd be 13 games points. left. Yep, that is 10, 2, and 1. Schedule is such that you could totally see that it's not impossible, but that's an extended stretch. Does 109, does 109 win you the West? I, I think 109 wins you the West. Because Vegas uh, Vegas at 92 right now with 12 to go. Yep. So their their max would be 122. 116. Oh, one, yeah, sorry. I thought they were at 102 for some reason. My bad. Uh, uh, yeah. I uh, So I think 109 would win Colorado to the West if they beat L.A. That game specifically. Yeah. Turning into an important one. Yeah. And then other obviously have to beat Dallas. In regulation. Yep. Realistically have to beat Minnesota too. Oh, so okay. Not, so you just have to win those games and yeah. then all the other ones against the bad teams. Sure. But I'd like... You're throwing two losses and an overtime loss in there. I'm saying it can't be those three games. Those three yeah. games have to be the win. You really don't want to lose to the bad teams. So maybe your losses can be Winnipeg and Nashville at the end of the year. Yeah, you can even throw that Oilers game in there, too, if you want three of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Oilers The Oilers are tied with the Avs in points right now. I just have no faith in that team to drag it across the finish line. I... I just don't know how to feel about them, man. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm I'm excited to just speed run the rest of this season. Let's get to the playoffs already. This Let's is go. this is this is the exciting part of the year though. Like we've gone through all the the muck and grind and all the okay, well, you know, you got to be patient, guys, and we've gone through the thoroughly. We've gone through the All right, they need to start winning some games. They need to put themselves in a position to strike. Okay. They're there. Like this is do or die time now. You're you've run out of everybody has run out of the runway. You know, the the rest of the West had an opportunity to put Colorado down and couldn't do it. Didn't do it. They had an opportunity to put some separation. I mean, we're talking 112 point season. A very good year, but not in not a historically great season or anything. Not an unbelievable season. 112 point year would have won you the West comfortably. None of these teams look like they're gonna they're likely to push that well, 
you know what they say at the end of the runway, right? When you're a pilot? No. They say rotate. Okay. And it's time for the Avs to start rotating their Johnsons. The math adds up. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts here, AJ, before we get out of here for the day? I just just echoing your very excited for the stretch run. It's What's to great. come? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. A lot of a lot of. I mean, Minnesota's in New Jersey tonight. Uh, Seattle is in Dallas tonight. Those are important games for all four of those teams. Care about that game. Care about those True. games that they're in. So I'm. Well, I mean. Minnesota, can Minnesota can seriously continue to win without Kirill Kaprizov the way that they have? It's been incredible to watch. They yeah, lose they, Kirill Kaprizov. It took flight. I, I mean, I don't think it's sustainable for them, but it doesn't need to be, right? You're not wrong. It just has to be good right now. Yeah, if they can, I mean, if they could get two full weeks of wins without Kirill Kaprizov, that's half the time he was out. Yep. And that's why you play the games because stuff yeah. like that happens. Yeah. So uh, that is a that is a you know can Minnesota continue to hang tough? Because I, I tell you what, dude, if you're the Avs, say you win that Central Division, you you finish really strong, you finish this, you win the Central Division, you get Seattle in the first round instead of a white hot Minnesota with a healthy Kaprizov, protecting yourself a little bit there for sure, man. <laughs> You take those. You definitely would take those. Uh, I mean, I, I, I are the Avs relying on McKinnon too much? Kaprizov is just that caliber of player where he just goes out there and does it to me, regardless of relying on him or not. Yeah, and I don't even, I don't even think Nyquist has gotten healthy yet. Klingberg has been fine for them. Oscar Sundquist has been fine for them. Mojo's been fine for them. I think they had a solid deadline, given their constraints. I mean, the question for them is always going to be... Oh, it's okay. I caught the sneeze. We're good. Uh, the question for them is always going to be, uh, can Marco andre Fleury continue to hold on to it, or is he going to struggle on any given night? Yeah, it's fair. Gustafson, too. Um. All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us on this off day. We are back tomorrow covering the Evs game, the whole nine yards as usual. You guys know how it goes. Uh, hopefully y'all tune in for that. We appreciate you and we will talk to you on the next one.